Um, well, I got introduced to music when my mother was putting me down for naps. She used to leave the radio on, and every time I took a nap, it was on a different radio station, which helped uh, me grow my appreciation for music. Uh, my first music experience was in school. I played upright bass and I played trombone in school band and orchestra. My first gig was a salsa gig in the neighborhood I grew up, Queensbridge Projects. And, um, well, after that, let's see, after that, you know, I was playing basketball, doing uh, kung fu, and sneaking out to take ballet lessons. Then <laughs> I can't believe that. And then, um, then uh, I was uh, introduced to a guy, and I sang with my first band. I think I might have been 14. Total Eclipse band. And my first, uh, I went and auditioned for that band. And a week later, I was in Media Sound, uh, Media Sound Studio that was on 50, 57th Street. And uh, I left that band and and. Uh, helped start a band called the New York City Peach Boys is where I had my first uh, first hit hit record Don't Make Me Wait it was called and then Life is Something Special and during that time I was got a call from a producer by the name of Bill Laswell and Bill Laswell I did a lot of records with Bill Laswell met a lot of people um, you know Philip Glass uh, Pill I was John Lydon's vocal coach for his album, Album. Uh, I went on to sing for Herbie Hancock. And uh, while I was singing with Herbie Hancock, Bill told me to fly to London to work with him on a project. And I got there and it was Mick Jagger. And I worked with Mick on his first solo record. Um, went and stayed in London for a while and joined a band called Tackhead. Uh, left Tackhead and joined the uh, joined a cat by the name of Stevie Silas and we put together a band called Nickel Bag not Nickel Back but Nickel Bag and then at some point I got a call from Mick asking me to uh, come and give him a hand on a, a Rolling Stone record that was being made it was the first record that they were making in about eight nine years that record was called Steel Wheels and um, I helped him on that record and then he asked me to tour with them. And I've been touring with the Stones on and off ever since. It's about 30 some odd years now. Um, I realized that, you know, I, well, I always do my own thing. I continue to do my own stuff when the Stones weren't active. And I realized that keeping a band together was the hardest thing to do in rock and roll. Hardest thing to do in rock and roll is keep a band together, so I was kind of forced to do solo projects. I did one, Friends with Privileges. I did two, The Bora, which was a beautiful record. I had a lot of friends participate on the record, like um, Albert Lee, Fode Muso Suso, Slash. Um, uh, Daryl Jones, uh, Wadi Wachtel, a lot of a lot of great players. And um, after the Bora, I wanted to do something really different. I wanted to do something really different. And um, I had this 
big idea of doing a spoken word record. Why spoken word? Why not spoken word? It was different from everything else that I had done. And the record is called Inside Out and it's amazing the uh, the attention that it's getting. I took, uh, what I did was I took Rolling Stone lyrics from, you know, uh, not not from the hits, but, you know, from album cuts, not so popular songs, and I took the lyrics and I, uh, I put them into a spoken word format. And so I, uh, you know, started the tracks with, uh, gr again, really great musicians, uh, Walfredo Reyes Jr., Lenny Castro, Vince Wilburn Jr., Steve Jordan, Clayton Cameron, Jimmy Rip, George Evans, Daryl Jones, Tim Reese, Ron Jublia, Keon Harrell, Michael Bearden, Mike Garson, um, Ray Parker Jr. Uh, I think I might have mentioned every everyone and Tonight I'm here at the Jazz Standard actually doing some stuff from that record. Uh, Tim Reese, the sax player, you know, he plays with the Stones also. He's got a new record called Life Changes. And so he's going to do some songs from Life Changes. I'll do some songs from Inside Out and we'll come together and do some stuff. Uh, the criteria that I chose the lyrics was uh, subject matter subject matter was had to be really really strong and uh, the only song i knew i would do was undercover of the night which you know me and a bunch of uh me and everybody in the united states we learned the words uh sandinistas and contras and um inside out <laughs> i mean uh, undercover of the night was about that so uh, I knew I would do that, and then I went to the catalog and picked some of the gems like Tie You Up, um, Must Be Hell. Um, uh, one popular song I did do was Sympathy for the Devil, and again, because it's such a strong lyric written by the Glimmer Twins, and, and here we are. You're deaf to it, blind to it, it's like a thunderclap. Feel the prickles running up and down your back. Why so divine, the pain of love? Um, you gotta pay for it. Pay for it, play for it, bust your ass, lie for it, cheat for it, forget about your past. Why so divine, the pain of love? Very strong stuff. You know, when I made the record, I. I thought you know people would love it or they would hate it I was you know I was you know kind of concerned or more concerned with you know Rolling Stone fans because you know that's you know they're really precious about their Rolling Stone material and uh, for them to hear it you know you know totally inside out in a completely different format Maybe they wouldn't take to it so much, but um, the real Rolling Stone fans that heard it love it and they get it, you know. They've heard these songs, they've heard these songs, but I think they were so busy, they got so caught up in the Rolling Stone funk and bobbing their heads and singing the riffs that they heard the songs but maybe not really heard it and now that it's in this format, 
the lyric is really featured and it's up front and in your face. And um, I think it is definitely a record that not Rolling Stone fans should have, but all, you know, music, poetry, lyric fans should get. Um, I think, uh, you know, the Rolling Stones might have been overlooked as really strong songwriters, and this record shows how strong they are as writers. The first time uh, Mick heard it was at a sound check. I was just messing around and uh, you know somebody yelled out a song for us to do at the sound check and I was practicing my conga and I played it and I started reciting it you know in a kind of beatnik fashion and uh, everybody on stage kind of looked at me some people were smiling and I did you know it became a thing that I I would do at soundcheck and Mick Jagger walked over to me and said, Bernard, I've heard Rolling Stone songs done a lot of different ways, but I never heard it like that. And I said, when the tour is over, I'm going into the studio to cut it. And he said, you know, it's a good idea. You should. You know, I had planned on doing it anyway, but to have him say that was, you know, a really green light and, you know, after the tour, true to my word, I went to the studio and got busy on it. And here we are, and here it is, Inside Out.